Welcome to Buy the Books, the podcast helping business owners navigate the complex world of business, tax, and bookkeeping. Now, to the owner and president of Secline, Lindsay Klein. Thanks for joining us, everyone. This is Lindsay Klein with Secline, honest, accurate bookkeeping performed on time and your host of Buy the Books. I'm here today with Chris McKee, who is the founder and CEO of Venturity. Did I say that right? Yes, indeed. Perfect. Which your company does outsourced accounting and CFO services. You founded it in 2001. Mm-hmm. And you told me it was important that I mention that you live here in Dallas with your wife, Lori, and uh-huh. your three children. Indeed. Welcome to the podcast. It's Hi. great to have you. Thanks so much for having me. This is going to be fun, I think. So. Now, yeah, yeah <laughs> you and I met at a networking event a few months ago now. Uh-huh. It's been a while. But um, I remember us having an interesting conversation that led to me saying, you should come talk about this on the podcast (laughs) because it's a unique concept that honestly, I don't think I've heard anywhere else. I'm sure other companies are doing it. I just haven't heard about it. So I feel like it's unique and special enough to highlight a little bit. It's what you call, and let's see if I get this right, open book management. Did I get that right? Yes, indeed. Okay. Yes, indeed. So explain what open book management is and why anyone should care. <laughs> well, you know, it's something that I didn't even really know about when I started my business back in 2001. Uh, and I really became aware of it first in maybe 2010, 2011. Okay. Um, so you had had your company for a while before oh, this yeah. came on the scene. Yeah, yeah. And I have a very traditional accounting background. And so the idea of kind of open the opening the books so what open book management is in a nutshell is really uh, sharing the financial statements the full financial statements with everyone in your company you don't share individual salary information but other than that they pretty much know kind of what your revenue is what your margins are what your net income is and so the, you do that with uh, for kind of a twofold purpose one to really educate them on kind of how your business works and how it fits mm. together how you make money how you um, uh, how you generate revenue um, and whether you're profitable or not and then you really put a, a you pair it with a bonus program that they share in improvements in profitability and nice. that's that's really the core of and some some people don't go as far as the second piece but I think that's where the real power kind of comes in and that's what we found as well so so have you gotten a lot of different ideas that you feel like you wouldn't have otherwise gotten had you not had this open book management concept? Yeah, I think the the key is is not, I mean, we get ideas all the time, but I think it's the idea that people start taking a lot more interest and responsibility. They're much more engaged with the business because, um, you know, in most businesses when the books are are, are held close. Um, people come to work every day, but they don't know, they don't really know how they fit into the overall picture. They've got mm. a job that they do, and that's what they do. But yeah. they don't know how that job contributes to the company's success or not. Um, and so, particularly when you get into difficult times, people tend to worry because they don't know whether the business is doing well or it's not doing well. So, um, and so when we've opened the books uh, and then put a bonus program in place around that, people have an incentive. They've got a stake in the outcome. So yeah. as we, as our as our operating income improves, they get a piece of that. And so they, I'd say what's really changed is not just the, I mean, obviously people contribute little ideas, 
is. But for us, it's the, hey, I'll take that client. You know, I've got a little time. I don't mind getting that in. And if we can uh, get a little more revenue in this month, then that's going to contribute to everyone's bonus pool. And that's oh. the difference. It's just, it's there really taking a personal interest in the business in a way that people really didn't before. Like, why would you? You've just got a job that you do and you don't really know kind of how it contributes to the larger picture. But you know, if you can see, if you've got sort of a line of sight to, hey, if, if I take on this revenue, it's going to contribute in this way to our bonus pool, uh, that makes a big difference. So that at least does. it has in our business. So, yeah, I yeah. could see yeah. how that would change somebody's outlook on their on their job. Yeah. Now, how does that work logistically? Let's say someone does present an idea to you that ends up helping efficiency or, you know, in some way helping your bottom line. How do you calculate what that person's piece of the pie is in that? Yeah, you know, that's a, that's a great question because we um, we used to do things a little bit that way. So, so I mentioned I found out about open book management in 2010, 2011. And I, I'll be honest with you, I was super resistant to it because, like I said, I was like opening the books, like sharing people. And I wasn't actually afraid. I think most business owners are afraid that, that people are going to – when they see how much money they're make, the uh, the company's making, they're going to say, "Well, I want to raise." Kind of uh. thing. Yeah. Um, and I think for me, I was more worried of people would see how little money we were uh. making. And they would say, <laughs> I need to go work somewhere else. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I, I think what what happened out of that was people really. Um, uh, I think w- what 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 I have found is is that whatever, however much you th- people think you're making. Or how much, however much you're making, people think you're making probably five times that. And I'm, mm. I've, I've got a little story I'll share later around that. But I think what, so, but I resisted this whole open book management thing for a while, but we tried to do some variations on that where we, uh, we're arranged in kind of teams. Um, and so we shared profitability by team. And if people increase their profitability of their team, um, then they would get a share of that profit. And what happened is the teams that were profitable got bonused and the teams that weren't just gave up. And so we were we really did not move the needle at all because we were paying out bonuses that for people that were already doing well, but people that weren't doing well weren't weren't changing their behavior. Mm. So um, the way that the way that we, we practice open book management through something called the Great Game of Business, which is a book by Jack Stack that came oh, out. I need to the, write this down. The yeah, Great Game the of Great Business. Great Game of Business. Okay. And, and uh, so before the word gamify was even around, he wrote this book in the '90s about a process that they went through of turning around a company that was basically bankrupt by just throwing the books open and saying, "Help us." And so the process that he designed around that is this great game of business. And one of the things that he found was that by having everyone share in one bonus pool, it sort of pulls everybody together. Mm. So when we were trying to do it where these people were getting a bonus and these people weren't, these people that weren't getting a bonus were jealous of the people that got one and they didn't feel like they could move the needle and so they gave up. And it wasn't really bringing everybody together. It was that idea of having one common bonus pool. So when someone comes up with an idea that contributes to our profitability in some way, they know it doesn't just benefit them, it benefits everybody in the company. Okay. So it's not just one person. Mm -hmm. Everybody's getting a share of that idea. Yep. That's exactly right. I see. Okay. And that's probably a lot easier, logistically speaking, (laughs) than trying to figure out what one idea and one person should get. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. So 
did you ever have any moments where you were about to present the financials to your team and you're thinking, I don't want to show this to them? (laughs) (laughs) You know, we have been we've been fortunate in that we've been pretty profitable, really, since we've opened the books. But I will say that, so the way our bonus pool works is, at our company, is we focus on gross margin, which is revenue less the cost of providing those services. So the peop- so that is sort of the revenue we get from our clients, less the cost of the people that provide those services. And then I'm, as GNA, I'm sort of below all of that. So that's the part they can really have an impact on, because, you know, they can't really have an impact on rent and all those other things, but we're bonusing them based on gross margin. So anything over a 40% gross margin, they 50 cents of every dollar over 40% gross margin goes into the bonus pool. Oh, okay. So that's really kind of mechanically how all that works. So, But I will tell you that, so we, out of the gate, we had a lot of success. So we took our gross margin before we started the great game of business, our gross margin for most of our existence had been around 35, 36%. So our gross margin the first six months after we were playing the game went up to 44%. Wow, that's fantastic. So the first 4% of that really went to the bottom line. And then out of the next 4%, we split that 50-50 with the employees. So it really had an amazing immediate impact. That was 2017. In the middle of 2018, we started to, our gross margin started to drop. We were taking on some new employees. We had some clients that weren't as profitable. um, And we just had several things that were contributing to gross margin dropping below 40%. So instead of making bonus every month, and we pay it out every quarter, instead of adding to bonus every month, money was coming out of bonus pool. And that was really, <laughs> and I, I remember when we started that, when we started to enter that phase and I, we, we, we forecast forward so I could tell we were gonna start to have some decreased gross margin and we were gonna start to be below 40%. And it was really tempting to find a way to say, well, you know, it's okay. And, but I think that what we did was really, we, we really embraced that and said, okay, this is a great opportunity to learn that just like when a business is is making money and then they start losing money, that money comes out of the owner's pocket. Mm-hmm. And so same thing with this bonus pool. We had built bonus through the first six months of the year, and then in the third quarter of that year, started going 37, 38% gross margin, and it was pulling money out of the bonus pool. And it emptied the entire bonus pool by the end oh, of the third yikes. quarter. And, but, so it was, it was the weekly huddles where we go through the financials were – you know, we're not fun those first few weeks because people were really starting to realize that their bonus was going away. But it was a great lesson for everyone in the company in terms of this is what happens when you're an owner of the company, too. It's um, when when you're not profitable, money comes out of the prior money that you've made. So everybody kind of pulled together over the course of that quarter, took on. We found we we uh, we all a part of it was a little bit of a sales problem. So we, a lot of people started pitching in and helping the salesperson get more business, started finding more projects to do for our current clients. And by the time we got to October, we were back over 40% gross margin oh, nice. and putting money back into the bonus pool. So so do you pay that out once a year? Is that how that works? Uh, we pay it out quarterly um, and not to sort of get get into too much detail, but so the first, let's the, we pay it out quarterly. We pay out 50% of each quarter's bonus and then everything left we pay out at the end of the year. So. Okay. 
So if the first quarter bonus is, say, 30000 we pay out 15000 and hold fifteen back, same second and third quarter. And then after the fourth quarter, we pay out the fourth quarter bonus plus the, the previous quarter's bonuses. And part of the reason that you do that is in case you hit a rough patch and you do have to pull money out of the bonus pool. Oh. Fortunately, we haven't really done that since uh, since 2018. We've been pretty consistently. Wow, that's so, fantastic. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it really is. A big piece of it is the way that you do it with the great game of business is you have weekly huddles which you hear about huddles that the companies have these are really focused on the financials and we will go through each week so uh, every Friday at lunch is when we do it and so the first week of July we will project our P&L for July and so and and the idea is then we sort of know where we're going to come out for the month and we know we can start attacking that and making changes and trying to figure out where we can save money or increase revenue. And so it's very much a forward-looking um, process. So by the time we get the financials for the end at the end of the month, we, we pretty much already know where we're going to come out because we've been projecting each week during the month. So this Friday would be our third huddle for July. So last week, our, our revenue went from, I think, 620 to 640. We found some new project revenue. Nice. And we'll see how, this, how the rest of the week plays out. So uh, those projections that you make at the beginning of the month, are they usually accurate? Um, yeah, we, we, we really, it sort of goes up and down. We've had months where we, the prediction that we made at the first of the month, we were within 1% by the, wow. by the end of the month. So we had a pretty good idea of what our revenue was going to be. We have other months where we are, we don't know kind of going into the month where all the revenue is going to come from, but we find a lot of it. So June actually was a good example. I think our first huddle in June, we were at 630 and we finished the month at 705 in revenue for the wow. month. and that was yeah that was we That's a good difference. That is a good difference. Yeah. <laughs> we rarely go backwards cuz we're accountants and we tend to be very conservative. Ah, uh, gotcha. Okay. In our okay. predictions. Okay. But just to watch everybody during the course of the month and our our goal for the month uh, was to try and we we were running consistently 700,000 in revenue the first 4 or 5 months of the year and so we knew we were going to go backwards a little bit and so our goal was to make sure we kept it over 700,000 so we started at 6.30 and for everybody to pull together and wow. 7.05. Yeah, even I didn't see that coming. Mm. So, yeah, it was it was really cool. So, yeah. That's fantastic. Now, yeah. you had also mentioned that you have, it sounds like maybe fairly recently, have given over some of the ownership of your company to your employees. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. We implemented in late 2020, we implemented an employee stock ownership plan. Okay. And, and how so, does that work? Yeah, so uh, it's a it's a little bit complicated, but I'll tr- I'll try and kind of summarize it down to the basics. So. Um, it's really, for, for me, there's a couple of different things that it accomplishes. Obviously, it gets ownership, real ownership, into the hands of the, uh, the team members. So not only do they have a stake in their cash bonus that they're mm-hmm. trying you know, for the success of the company, but they have an opportunity to build wealth through ownership in the company as well. So, uh, additionally, so I'm 54, so I'm not, you know, I'm, I'm not, uh, uh, I'm not ready to retire tomorrow, but I need some sort of ownership transition. And, uh, you know, I feel like we've built something pretty special in terms of our culture and our team at Venturity. And um, everything I looked at in terms of potentially selling to a third party, 
it really put us down a path of really dismantling all of that and uh. becoming part of something else. And and so, um, and it would be a great thing for me, but then I would ride off into the sunset and everybody else would be stuck with whatever, whoever I sold the company mm. to. And it just didn't feel, I don't know, it just didn't feel authentic to who we were as a company. And it felt like, um, felt like it wasn't fair to the people that had really helped me build it. So mm. so the opportunity here, an employee stock ownership pro- program is set up where it's a, the ESOP is a separate entity, separate from Venturity. And so the ESOP borrows money to then buy um, Venturity over time. Okay? And then the, so right now the employee stock ownership plan owns 20% of the company. So Venturity is profitable and so 20% of earnings go into the ESOP and then that pays down the debt to acquire my shares. So uh. I've sold 20% of my shares into it. And then as that debt gets paid down, the shares get allocated to the team members. So over the course of the next 10 years, I'll sell Venturity into the ESOP and then the employees will be allocated shares based on a form that's a combination of tenure and compensation. And so then when they leave Venturity, hopefully through retirement, but you know, if they stay for a long time and go do something else, the ESOP buys their shares back. Because mm. that money, after the ESOP owns 100%, all of the profits of Venturity then go into the ESOP and it's used to fund share repurchases after that. Um, and uh, and so then they can have a liquidity event and similar to the way that I did. So it's, it's, a, it's a way to, it's a mechanism for perpetual ownership transfer because I'm really looking for Venturity. My hope is that Venturity will stay around for 100 years and provide the kind of opportunities that it's provided for me and my family and for the people that have helped me build it. So I'm trying to, I have, I have long-term time horizons. That, that's actually very clever. Yeah. So yeah. if somebody leaves the company, then they basically sell their shares, whatever shares they have, back to that fund, mm-hmm. and so nobody would have ownership that doesn't work there. Is that right? right? If That's I'm understanding exactly right. correctly, That's exactly right. And it, and it democratizes ownership because everyone in the company has ownership. It's not just you know a few um, owners or maybe just management team members. It's everybody at the company has ownership. So so once that employee fund owns 100%. How does the management work? Um, Because I assume everyone just has a very small percentage if it's allocated across all the employees. How then does the decision making happen? Yeah, yeah, because I think uh, when we started looking into it, everybody thought, like, does everybody vote like their shares? Yeah, right, right. Uh, No, really, the day-to-day management doesn't really change that much. So uh, you still are going to have a CEO and a COO and a CFO that really run things on a day-to-day basis, but they're accountable to um, the ESOP committee, which is sort of like a board that, that... that governs the the committee or the governs the organization, but for the most part, the day to day operations don't don't change that much. So that's a really unique concept. Yeah. So what made you decide to do that or come up with that idea? Even yeah, I, it's because of the idea that I was getting into my fifties and I realized at some point that I was going to need to make a transition, and that mm. what I talked about in terms of doing it in a way that 
benefited the folks that helped me yeah. with maturity. I think that's what's really important to me. I, I think when most owners sell, they get the big check and they ride off into the sunset and then the people who are left behind are stuck with, again, whatever owners right. bought the company and whatever their goals are. Yeah. And typically the culture is gonna change pretty substantially. And the other thing is, is if the, if the owner got a big check, the new owners need to get a return on that investment. And that return comes on the backs of the people mm. that, that are left behind. And so just none of that really felt good to me. And so when I learned about uh, the ESOP structure, and it's something that's been around since the late 70s, and it's just, it's a, it's a tax beneficial way to transfer ownership. And the reason it's tax beneficial is the ESOP itself is not taxed. So any money that goes into the ESOP is then stays with the ESOP and is used to repurchase shares and benefit the employees going forward, uh, which is a nice thing. So this actually is a tax strategy as well. It can be. It definitely can be. Yeah, for sure. It it definitely pays down the acquisition debt a lot more quickly because you're not paying it after taxes. You're paying pre-tax dollars. Yeah. Wow. Okay. That's really unique. But I think the nice piece is, is it really dovetails well with open book management because we've really spent the last five years um, that we've been open books teaching people how to run the company and giving them a stake Mm. in the outcome. And so it's created an ownership mentality in the team. And now we're truly transferring ownership to them over the next 10 years. And so they've got the skills to to run. I would say that the biggest change for me since we implemented open book management is you know, as a as a CEO, I felt for years like it was all on my on my shoulders or myself and my kind of key managers, two or three key managers that are around us. But really, having open book management, I feel like there's 50 people running Venturity, not just me. In fact, mm. I probably don't run Venturity that much anymore. They're really the ones that that focus on making sure that we're servicing our clients and doing an outstanding job for them, so that we're keeping our clients, that we're profitable, and and that we're growing that those they're, they're all incentivized to do that and I can spend my time just removing obstacles and thinking strategically where we're headed going forward so it's really that was something I didn't really anticipate out of this it's really changed my job obviously for the better um, I'm still fully engaged in the business but I get to do I don't have to run around saying hey if you could take on this little bit of additional work that would really help us and right yeah. right I mean right. I, I, I don't have to sort of run around you don't have to be that guy from I don't office <laughs> space that's if you could get that memo uh, out by Monday that would be great that would be great yeah no I don't have to be that guy so yeah because people haven't I mean they have a stake in the outcome so they're just naturally they walk around to each other and say hey, I've got some time this afternoon anything you need help on that's billable that I can pick up so yeah it's it, I I couldn't have imagined what what it has become which is really that is fantastic yeah. I love that and yeah. I can tell from the way that you speak of your team that you really care about them genuinely I mean even the fact that you're turning over your company nah, to them, they're a bunch of losers. <laughs> I'm sure they'll be delighted to hear you no, say I'm it. Sure. No, no, I, 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 they would not be surprised when I said that because I joke around. About it no, really, uh, and and I say this to them like I am super lucky. Where I I love going to work every day because I work with some really amazing people. I'm I'm lucky that we have so many great team members that have signed on with That's us. That's amazing. I truly am. It, it's no, it's it's a it's an honor to go to work every day. So it's well, and stuff. I say the same thing about my team. I'm yeah. very very blessed to have the team I have. So I'm. I'm sure you and I both can say that we know we would not have gotten where we are today without our team. So Absolutely. I'm we not, need them. I'm not the guy that gets the accounting done. 
Right. You know? And I'm not yeah. either. <laughs> right. And, uh, you know, they're, they're the ones that really, really make it happen for yes. the clients and they create that experience for the clients. And so, you know, my feeling is if I can create a great experience for them, a great place to work, a place they come enjoy coming to work every day, they're going to create a great experience for our clients Absolutely. As well. so, yeah. yeah. I think I'm going to steal some of your ideas today. Feel free. Absolutely. No. <laughs> you know, and we, we have had it, it, it's stuff we've stolen from other people. Like, mm-hmm. I didn't come up with ESOP. I didn't come up with open book management. I just read the book and thought, hey, this may be the thing that finally kind of gets us profitable where we need to be. So, yeah, I, I would R&D. And I don't know if you heard that R&D is usually uh, research and development. Yeah. But Robin Deploy is where I, what, I, what you're free to do. So okay. take whatever you Fantastic. want and deploy. Because if it helps you or anybody who's listening to this make your business better, you know, that it's going to create a better experience Absolutely. for team members. And that's really kind of what, what I'm all about. I want to democratize this as much as possible. Well, right? and in today's day and age where companies are having so much trouble with employee retention, the great resignation going on right mm-hmm. now, this is something that I could see would really create a sense of loyalty and ownership in a company and make it a place you really want to be a part of because transparency goes a long way in feeling positively towards the person you're working for, the company you're working yep. for. Yeah, I'll give you a story about the opposite experience I've had. I've actually told this on the podcast before, but it's been quite a while. I was working for a CPA firm in their accounting department, and our department had a bonus program based on the profitability of the department, which you mentioned. what we used to have, yeah. Right. Kind of the way you mentioned you had it in the beginning. Now, whenever I signed on with this company, the offer letter stated that I was eligible for the bonus program after six months. So I just hung tight for six months, didn't ask many questions about it or anything because I didn't care yet. Well, whenever my six-month period was starting to end, when I was getting close to that marker, now I'm starting to care. Okay, so give me the details about this bonus program because I'm about to be eligible for it. But everyone I asked was very ambiguous about it like they they weren't really being very clear about the details i went to my boss and said okay well i'm about to be eligible i'd like to know the details about this and she would say things like well we haven't been getting it for a long time now because you know it's a complicated formula and we're just not very profitable right now i'm like okay well i'd like to know the formula I'd like to see the numbers and, you know, let's figure out what we need to do. Like, I'll help. Like, I'm motivated here. Like, I will rally the troops here and get, you know, get us more profitable then. I want a bonus, you know. But she just kind of kept skirting around the issue and telling me, well, it's just a very complicated formula. You know, I'll have to talk to my, you know, the partner, and I don't want to say his name, but I'll have to talk to him about it. Well, Nothing ever came about. No one ever approached me again about it. So I'm like, well, I'm just going to go talk to the partner then. Clearly, he's the one that has the answers, right? (laughs) So I go into his office upstairs and I'm like, so I want to know about this bonus program. Well, I'm getting the same type of response. Well, you know, know, the the department really hasn't been doing that well. And, you know, no, no one's been getting a bonus for a while now. You know, it's just not, you haven't been very profitable. Okay, well, I would like to see 
what the what the quota is and where we're at so I know how far off we are. I'm like, listen, I am motivated by money here. I will help get the troops rallied and get us more profitable, but I need to know where we're at and where we need to be. I could not get a straight answer. I just kept hearing, well, it's a very complicated formula. Okay, well, I'm an accountant. <laughs> I can handle complicated formulas. Give me an Excel, Excel spreadsheet or something, like with the formula, I'll figure it out. Like, this is not scaring me here. But it was just like, he just wanted me to go away. That's the sense I got. How'd that make you feel? Oh, awful. <laughs> yeah. At this point, I'm starting to get irritated and mad actually and i'm starting to talk to other people in the department and ask them details like when was the last time you saw a bonus and basically the responses i was getting from my coworkers was that we don't really have a bonus program they just say that but then they don't really do it and i'm now i'm like righteous indignation <laughs> at this point i'm like oh i'm gonna curse a little bit here fair warning <laughs> hell no <laughs> No, no, no. This does not fly with Lindsay, right? And I'm the type of personality that I can't just gracefully put my head down and go about my work, right? If, if I'm mad about something or I see what I feel is an injustice being done, I'm burning that place down. <laughs> <laughs> well, they broke trust with you. Oh, absolutely. Right. At that point, I was fine up until that point. Whenever that stuff, that shady stuff started happening, and it would have been fine had they not even mentioned mm -hmm. the bonus program. And that's exactly what I told the supervisor of the department. If you guys had not hung this carrot in front of me, not even mentioned it, we would not even have a problem right now, but you've put it in front of me and told me it was here, and now you're saying, well, actually, I said, it's, it sounds to me like it's not actually here. Oh, no, no, we do have a bonus program. Okay, then what is it? The fact that I can't even get the details about it, right? So fast forward a couple of weeks after that, they have a department meeting. They bring a whole department in, going over new processes and procedures and announcements and all this stuff. The, the partner in charge of the department is there, the supervisor, and then of course everybody that works in the department. Um, we get to the end of the meeting and the partner asks, okay, well, you know, we're all done here. Anybody have any last questions? So of course, Lindsay raises her hand. Yes, I have a question. This bonus program, could you please explain it to all of us? Because there seems to be a lot of confusion about it. Well we like put. to know <laughs> the formula, the quota, and how far off we are, right? And right in front of everyone, he gives the same answer. Well, it's a very complicated formula, you know, and the department hasn't been doing well. Same, same answer he gave me in his office, he's giving to the whole, the whole group. You know, and then of course, before he ends again. So any last questions? I raise my hand again. Yeah, so why do you put it in your offer letter that you have a bonus program when clearly you don't? Because I might have reconsidered or at least renegotiated the terms of my employment had I known you don't actually have an employment or a bonus program. You could have heard a pin yeah, I'm drop. Sure. I'm sure. <laughs> 
Because <laughs> at this point, Lindsay does not care if she works at this company one day. In fact, <laughs> Lindsay's already planning the exit strategy. If it doesn't end today, it's going to end sometime in the real soon future, right? Like, I, at this point, am just like, burn this place down. I will cause as much drama as I possibly can because this is not right. <laughs> And uh, so, yeah, you could have heard a pen drop and he just very awkwardly ended the meeting, at, you know, tried to just brush over it basically and ended on a positive note. And of course, later I got called into the office and got my hand slapped. And then all of a sudden I'm getting called into the principal's office for just about everything under the sun. And I'm like, oh, you guys are building your unemployment case. I already realized, right? They're making sure they have it well documented that Lindsay is doing things wrong so you don't have to pay unemployment when you inevitably get rid of me. I already know what's going on here. Don't worry. I already got my resume sent out. We're all on the same page here that Lindsay's not going to be working here much longer, right? And I already, I told my boss, I'm like, I'm on my way out, all right? Like, don't even you worry, right? This this relationship, we're on the same page. I don't like it here any more than you like me here, so we're good. Oh, that's... Yeah, but I mean, so, what, a, what a missed opportunity. Like, you're ready to rally exactly. the troops and help them become more profitable. Exactly. And instead, they run you off. Exactly. Yeah. And I am, okay, I run my business today, right? I am very highly motivated by seeing growth. I'm highly motivated by competition. <laughs> they could have created and cultivated a culture where we're all excited to help them succeed. Instead, they have a culture where there's mistrust. I mean, even the fact that everyone else is just saying, oh, there's not really a bonus program. They just say that, right? right. I mean, already they they think their boss is two-faced. They mm -hmm. think the company is two-faced, right? And then one of the, the coworkers told me, before that departmental meeting, she's like, if you don't keep your head down, they're going to escort you out of this place. I'm like, I don't operate that way. I'm sorry. I don't put up with this. No. I, if they escort me out, good riddance. I am perfectly fine with that at this point because I don't want to work for this company unless they make this right. Which, of course, they didn't. Yeah, yeah. But what's ironic is after I left that company, which was shortly after that, I found out that they implemented a new bonus program. <laughs> I wonder if it ever paid out. So, yeah. Who knows? Yeah, I don't know. But funny. they announced that they had a new bonus program with a new structure. And uh, I was like, well, isn't that ironic? So very consequential timing there. <laughs> well, I tell you, I think that's part of the thing with us going up in book management you know, there's an accountability there, and we have a we have a series of values as well. And one of our values is unmatched integrity, not just integrity, but unmatched integrity. Yeah, and it holds you accountable to situations like mm -hmm. that. You just you can't operate in that way, and yeah, and that accountability is always there. You know, we 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 pursue all of that imperfectly. We're humans; we make mistakes, mm -hmm. but uh, but it, but our default is always to be more transparent and to make sure that we're holding ourselves accountable to unmatched integrity. And none of that 
yeah, that that's where I don't feel like we can we can fall into that trap because we've we've gone down this path. Yeah, uh, but no. it's it's something you have to constantly ask yourself: Am I am I being transparent? Am I yes. being uh, is, is this uh, are we conducting ourselves with integrity around whatever issue it right. is that we have? So, right. So that's been a real uh, a real accountability piece for us as a management team. There are times where we've wanted to say, well, let's just kind of keep this to ourselves, and now we've got to be honest with ourselves it's going to show up on the books so yeah. you know it's it's yeah. um uh it's it, it's been a real it's been a real interesting part of the journey but a good one because i think it's just made us better as a company because of that so that's fantastic yeah. i love it i mean that that builds a lot of trust and that goes a long way yeah i mean yeah, that's, that's that's great that's what we try and do i think i think you're right it does help in in difficult times mm-hmm. um and not just the the recent resignation piece but also going back to the beginning of covid because yeah. we went into we'd already been open book management for almost three years at that point and we got into march and march was a record month for us from a revenue and a profitability standpoint but as we get into march there's things happening and and we all know how March played out, March of 2020 played out. And a lot of our clients were in the hospitality industry. So restaurants, sports, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And so it was obvious to us as things were shutting down that they were going to be uh, devastated, not just impacted, but devastated. Yeah. And so we knew that a big chunk of our revenue was going to disappear. And we were starting, we usually have our first title, like our first Friday of the month is our first title for that month. But we already knew that March was pretty much in the bag, but we had no idea where April and May and all that was going to be. So the last week of March, rather than talking about March, naturally the team, and, and i couldn't have like scripted it if I tried. They said, all right, well, where are we for April? Like, all right, let's start talking about what clients are going away. And we figured out quickly that we were going to be down 40,000 of monthly revenue. Oh, wow. And that was really going to take us from uh, almost from profitable to not profitable. Wow. So everybody started talking on that call. All right, what can we do for, and then uh, somebody said, well, there's this PPP thing that's coming out. Oh. And everybody over the course of the next few weeks got to, got familiar with it and started helping clients on wow. a project basis apply for PPP loans. And it ended up, by the time we got to April was just behind uh, March. And by the time we get to June, our revenue was over March's revenue. Wow. And it was, so, but everyone got to, is nobody was worried about their jobs because everybody knew that we were profitable. Everybody knew exactly where we were and everybody could tell, like we knew this revenue was going away, but we could, they all could do something about it. And so during that first three months of COVID, that second quarter of 2020, no one was worried about their jobs because they could tell, like we're making money, we're fine. Mm -hmm. And people all over the economy were losing their jobs, but our team felt, they felt safe. They felt like they could trust. And because they could see the numbers and that that's when it really open book management really becomes powerful Um, Mm. uh, and I think that if we had struggled profitability wise people would have pitched in to figure out how we could have gotten you know gotten that fixed so I think that's that's how that's where it's really powerful I love this yeah everybody can really you might be able to write the next book about (laughs) (laughs) I I don't think I have a book in me it's accounting for God's sake (laughs) 
<laughs> well, there's a lot of accounting books out there, there and are, accounting podcasts for, on that note. <laughs> you know, what I'll share with people, because a lot of questions I get when we talk about this open book management, well, of course you're successful. You've got a bunch of accountants. Uh, um, so they really well. should understand the P&L and all that. And look, that is a piece of it. Certainly, it was easier for us to implement because people already understood balance sheet, P&L, mm-hmm. et cetera. But I will tell you if um, that the the book, Great Game of Business, was based on a turnaround at a manufacturing company. It's uh. an engine, a truck engine remanufacturing company in Springfield, Missouri. I mean, it couldn't be more blue collar than, uh, than, than any company. It was the most blue collar company you can have. And by the time they opened the books and started turning that company around, the Everybody on the shop floor understood how they made money, how they lost money, what they could do to, to really move the needle and make the company more profitable. And, and over the course of a couple of years, they took it from a company that was literally bankrupt and going to have to shut the doors to a company that was wow. highly profitable. They eventually went ESOP, and they've got they've got machinists that are millionaires because of that how that company's grown. That is over fantastic. The years. Yeah, so it's what an was amazing the story. Of this book again? So Jack Stack, he's the Jack. crazy guy that he bought the company from International Harvester out of bankruptcy, but it was bankrupt the day he bought it because he borrowed basically 100% of the purchase price. It's wow. it's a crazy story, and he's a crazy guy, and they did all kinds of fun stuff, but a really, a guy with a huge heart, and wow. um, so they, uh, yeah, so the, it's it, it can work at any company. It really mm. can. Uh, there's companies that have implemented open book management through the great game of business that are multilingual, that are multi, that are, that are not, we're in one location, but they're multi-state. So there's all kinds of ways to do it. It doesn't just have to be a bunch of accountants. Yes, the financial literacy aspect is nice that we, we already know that, but that, that can be taught, and that's part of the implementation process, too. And not everybody who works for us is an accountant. We've got people in sales. We've got people in admin, but they understand the financials as well because we've taught them that over the years. Right, so, right. And they feel like they have a stake in the outcome, and they feel like they can help, too. So. That's fantastic. I yeah. love that. Yeah. So if somebody wanted to reach out to you and talk to you about accounting services or CFO services or just about what you've talked about here today, how yeah. could they reach you? So just Chris at Venturity.net, C-H-R-I-S at Venturity, V-E-N-T-U-R-I-T-Y.net. Very nice. Uh, I would welcome an email. I love, obviously, I love talking about this stuff. I, I mean, I'm passionate about it just because it's not only changed my life in terms of our business is so much is went from marginal profitable maybe you know we were making we were break even one or two percent to we're we're now a solid 10 to 12 percent profitable business month in and month out so that brings not only security for my family but security for the families of the people that work for me it's changed their lives as well wow, that's and amazing. I've just I've seen it and I've seen how powerful it can be so I'm 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 pretty passionate about it too so that's yeah. fantastic so I'm happy to talk to anybody about it um, whether Do you it's, have a website uh, yeah so venturity.net is our as um, our website, which talks about kind of our services, our outsourced accounting services. We really become the accounting department for our uh, for our clients. So we work with businesses across all industries, pretty much anything except oil and gas, which is kind of its own special thing. Yes, so, it is. Yeah, as you know, <laughs> that's right. We we work with a lot of nonprofits because it makes a lot of sense for nonprofits to to outsource their accounting versus having folks in house handle that. But we work in probably thirty 
plus different industries. So we're agnostic to industry, agnostic to software. It's mostly companies under 20 million in revenue, but we do have some that are larger than that as well, particularly with our CFO services as well. Very so nice. Venturity.net is where you'd find out everything about Venturity. And then, you know, I'm, I'm willing to talk to anyone about open book management through the great game of business or ESOP or culture or anything along those lines. But I just, as I say, I feel lucky I've got some great leaders around me and, and a bunch of great people that work for us as well. That's so. fantastic. Well, yeah. thank you so much for joining me today. This has been great, very enlightening, and I'm going to have to check out this book. So it's a great book. It's an easy read and a funny read. You'll yeah. you'll you'll get a kick out of it. So All right, it's a great story. I'm looking so. forward to implementing some of these yeah. things and seeing how it might change my own business. So uh, good. Thank I, you. Yeah, and I'm I'm happy to help with any of that as well. So thank you so much for having me on the of show. This course. was fun. I enjoyed the conversation. Well, good. I'm yeah. glad you did. I'll come back anytime. So. Okay, perfect. I'd love to have you again. And I'm Lindsay Klein with Secline. If anyone needs bookkeeping services, that's all we do at Secline. You can find us at Secline.com. S-A-K-L-I-N-E.com. I'm also looking for sponsors for this Buy the Book podcast. If anyone's interested, email me at info at Secline.com. That's info, I-N-F-O at Secline, S-A-K-L-I-N-E dot com. Thanks for joining us, everyone. Have a great week. By the Books is presented by Secline. Honest, accurate bookkeeping performed on time. For more information on Secline services or to get a hold of Lindsay, visit Secline.com or email info at Secline.com. The information provided on this website and podcast does not and is not intended to constitute legal advice. Instead, all information, content, and materials available are for general information purposes only. Information provided by Secline may not constitute the most up-to-date legal or other information. Listeners should contact their attorney to obtain advice with respect to any particular legal matter and should refrain from acting on the basis of this information without first seeking legal advice from counsel in the relevant jurisdiction. Only your individual attorney can provide assurances that the information contained herein and your interpretation of it is applicable or appropriate to your particular situation.